Welcome to the Titanian Gardens. Episode 35 Meridian Picklesworth, High Matriarch of the Order of Crimson Forest Fairies, a subsidiary of the Alliance of Whisperlands Fairies. After having been struck by Gretchen Hexenkopf's swarm of specters, Hazel lies there, looking many different kinds of dead. But before anyone can make another move, the fairies collectively illuminate, their warm light pulling the collapsed body of Hazel, her orphan brothers, and Wooden Wolf into a tight huddle, and then in a gorgeous surge of luminous blue, the lot of them whisks away as quickly as a thunderbolt first back to the castle, and then away deeper into the crimson forest. The rest of Gretchen's specters slow to a confused crawl before roaming off into the darkness. When Hazel wakes, she finds herself staring into a great big eye, the biggest eye she has ever seen, bigger than the eye of a sea serpent bigger than the eye of a dragon, about as big as the rusty terrine in which Madame Drax serves their sludge. Sludge! She rubs the sleep from her eyes, and once her vision comes into focus, she sees that the eye is not an actual eye, but rather an eye belonging to a topiary giant. Hazel has only heard of topiary giants. She's never actually seen one, and she's definitely never seen one so closely that she could be sleeping in the shadow of its giant clipped and pruned eyeball. Who or what actually does the clipping and pruning is a fiercely debated topic in Cobbler's Gulch, though Hazel has heard the word fairy thrown around in these debates from time to time. As she gets to her feet, she gets a full look at the topiary giant, or at least a full look at what there is to see. The topiary giant is, in fact, just a topiary giant head. Not even a whole head, just the head from the nose up, as if the giant has been treading water, or rather, earth. Hazel enjoys the garden sculpture, marvels at its majesty and mystery. And just when she thinks the topiary giant looks practically alive, the leaves of its eyeballs angle to one side, as if it's indeed surveying the landscape. Hazel turns and looks in the direction the topiary giant seems to look, and there is indeed something to look at. No, not look at. This is not something one just looks at. It's something to behold. A unicorn. Hazel thinks it might be the unicorn she's dreamt of, and then she thinks it isn't, and then she's sure that it is, but ultimately, she doesn't care. She forgets about the dream, because the magnificence of the creature before her drowns out everything but the present moment. No thoughts occupy her mind. She hears nothing, smells nothing. If she had thought to take note of her feelings, she would notice a tingle atop her head, electric, but gentle. The same she would also notice on the other side of her spine, deep in her chest, and all throughout her belly. The smoky gray mane, tail, and tufts of its hooves complement its white coat, which is stretched taut by the winsome beast's powerful muscle and stout bone. It's at once haunting and enchanting. Hazel realizes for a moment that she stopped breathing. She exhales and takes a step toward the unicorn. The great beast turns, lunges into the shadows of the surrounding forest, and disappears. You silly girl. Hazel whirls around but sees nobody. Don't you know that unicorns are as bashful as they are beautiful? Hazel whirls around again, 
And don't you know that it's impolite not to look someone in the eye during a conversation? I would look you in the eye. If I knew where your eye was. Oh, my stars and garters. Hazel Peachwood, I'm right here. Suddenly, a fairy flitters right in front of her face. You know my name? I do. Would you care to know mine? Very much. I am Meridian Picklesworth, High Matriarch of the Order of Crimson Forest Fairies, a subsidiary of the Alliance of Whisperland Fairies. That's quite a name. I'm quite a fairy. She is indeed, especially if quite is meant to be taken as largely and fully. Meridian Picklesworth does not conjure an image that Hazel had associated with the nature of fairies. Unlike the fairy who was imprisoned in the opal room and thus is not emblematic of the natural state or appearance of fairies, Meridian Picklesworth is the quintessential fairy. She's certainly small, no larger than a clenched fist, but hardly delicate or slim. She's a full-figured fairy with curvy hips, and she fills out every inch of fabric. There's nothing dainty or frail about her. Hazel has always regarded fairies as narrow and willowy goddess-like figures. Yet, Meridian Picklesworth seems less like a goddess and more like a beautiful mother. Or maybe, Hazel thinks, she's just been wrong all this time about what a goddess is supposed to look like. Meridian Picklesworth lands on the tip of the topiary giant's nose, and the eyeball once again angles, this time toward the spirited sprite, giving the impression that the topiary giant is cross-eyed. Now, don't you know better than to chase after unicorns? Does it scare them? Maybe. Or maybe it makes them as mad as a wet hen. Or maybe they only trust those of the purest heart, or of the utmost faith, as the legend says. I, I don't spend my afternoons trying to figure out the silly logic of bashful unicorns. I do, however, enjoy their presence, so I'd appreciate it if you didn't chase them away from the gardens. I'm very sorry. No need to apologize. I've already moved on. Now, how about we discuss your dealings with... Where are the orphans? And Wooden Wolf and... Need I remind you of my title? You might need to. It was a pretty long title, after all. Yes, long enough that it should be clear who's asking the questions in this garden and who is listening. Are we clear? Yes, Matriarch Picklesworth. Good. And everyone is fine. They're taking their rest in the Quilt of Blooms. The orphans, wolves, even Clove Twinklepuff. Clove Twinklepuff? The fairy you set out to rescue. The one imprisoned in the castle. But I didn't rescue her. You found her, and that was well enough. But I'm not concerned with Clove or any of the others. I'm concerned with you. Now, how are you feeling? Just fine. Thank you. So you don't feel like you're dying, then? No. Not even a little? Not even a little. That's a good sign. It's definitely a cause for concern if a body feels like it's dying. <laughs> I bet it is. I understand you overheard Gretchen and her fool speaking with goblins. The very mention of the name chills Hazel's blood. Is Gretchen her name? The one she uses. Yes. Wooden Wolf called her Opal Tinsley. Did he? <laughs> I bet she didn't care for that much. No. It made her... Wicked? Yes. Angry? Very. Nasty? The nastiest. You have to understand, Hazel Peachwood that sometimes a body has more than one story. 
at one time and place. One story can be one thing. And if something happens, it can become something else entirely. Do you understand? Um, I've only ever been Hazel. And as Hazel, you're plenty good enough. And hopefully that's all you'll ever have to be. And that's the only story you'll have to worry about telling. But Gretchen has more than one story? She does. Her first story began before the Age of Gloom. Are you up on your Whisperlands history? I've heard this and that. They were wicked, wicked times. Ugh. The Warlock. Xander Klimt. The Petrified Warlock? That's the one. I heard Wooden Wolf petrified him. So he did. How do you petrify a warlock? You'd be better off asking the man with the wooden leg that question. I'm no expert on petrified warlocks. I am an expert on Gretchen Hexenkopf. Do you want to hear her story or don't you? I do. Very well. The warlock, Xander Klimt, had ushered in the Age of Gloom and... How did he... Meridian Picklesworth silences Hazel with a cocked eyebrow and pouted lips. Sorry, go on. The horrible thing about an Age of Gloom is that, well, it made even decent creatures prone to meanness and evil. And before the Age of Gloom, Gretchen Hexenkopf was a decent creature. A fairy, actually. One of my own. One of my loveliest. Even her name was lovely. (sighs) Opal Tinsley. Do you know what her job was? I don't. She tended lilt blossoms, the field on the other side of the bridge of the spinning woman. That's my field. Strictly speaking, love, the field belongs to the fairies, but we're charmed that you're so fond of it. The matriarch flitters down to sit on a toadstool, as if the memory she's about to recall burdens her wings and throws off her equilibrium. Opal's blossoms were the most beautiful in all the Whisperlands. Well, that is until the Age of Gloom was upon us. It was then that her work suffered. The gloom seeped into her heart and she took to wicked endeavors to drown out the woe. What kind of wicked endeavors? Changelings. We fairies love babies. Oh, we love being around them, hearing them, tickling them by walking along their chubby little legs or in the palms of their goofy little hands. But we know our place. And after we have our fun, we leave the babies with their mothers. When a fairy doesn't know her place, however, and gloom is in her heart, she'll snatch up a baby and leave a changeling in its place. What does a changeling look like? Oh, there are many types that have been used. I've heard of ragdolls, piglets, rotten watermelons, a jumbo roly-poly. Oh, I've even seen a baby snogglin' wind up in a bassinet. That's horrible. It is. But during an age of gloom, it's difficult to remember what's horrible because... Everything feels horrible. And you take what you can get to wash the melancholy away. Hazel can relate. She uses lilt blossoms to wash her own melancholy away. So, leaving changelings in place of babies, that's what turned Opal Tinsley into the witch Gretchen Hexenkopf? (sighs) Not quite. The age of gloom was fizzling to an end, 
and Opal Tinsley was still a fairy. Some things changed. Some stayed the same. The practice of changelings was forbidden, and all babies were ordered to be returned to their parents. And it was this that brought an end to Opal Tinsley. She had fetched a baby and grown fond of the child. Her heart swelled with love for the infant, and she begged to keep the baby. But you didn't let her? Of course not. The age of gloom had lifted, and everyone could see clearly, including me. It isn't often that right is right and wrong is wrong, but the baby's parents were good enough and kind enough. And it was the right thing to return their baby and the wrong thing to allow Opal Tinsley to keep it. And this right thing broke Opal Tinsley's heart into pieces. And when her sadness gave way to anger, she decided she wanted nothing to do with the fairies. But she herself was a fairy. Yes, she was. Until she clipped her wings. Weasel gasps and covers her mouth, her shoulders shrugging the way shoulders shrug when a body is jolted. It's a wretched thing to deny who you are. It'll make a monster of you, or at least make you feel like one. And after Opal Tinsley clipped her wings, she drowned herself in Blood Lake. She died? When you drown in Blood Lake, you don't die. You become what you feel. She went in a broken fairy and came out a monster. Or a witch, rather. Not much difference, is there? Hazel wonders what might happen if the lilt blossoms never bloom again. Or if she loses the precious few memories of her family, will she be broken-hearted? Angry? Distraught enough to cast herself into Blood Lake? She hopes not. She discards those thoughts and turns her mind to the baby Gretchen had so loved. What happened to the baby? You could answer that better than I could, Hazel Peachwood. But I don't know anything about any baby. Well, I find that hard to believe, love. Since you were that baby. Thanks for listening. On the next Cobbler Sculch. Foolish Rumors. In the meantime, imagine all the things you're certain of. The things about which you're stubborn and pig-headed. Obstinate and unbending. Make a list if you have to. If you're a regular person, it's probably quite a list. Once you have your list written, just for fun, assume you could be wrong. Assume your ideas are erroneous, fallacious, ridiculous even. Sit in that wrongness for a moment, longer if you need to. You'll be amazed at how wonderful the world can be when you realize how little of it you've figured out. <laughs>